I was once told you must wear a different hat with everything you do in life. And our next guest speaker is an extension of that statement. He has done so much at such a young age that when he talks, there's a certain wisdom about him. Throughout this whole episode, he drops great knowledge and advice that even I applied to in my life after recording this episode. And that is why this episode is titled The Mad Hatter. Our next guest is someone I'm proud to call a friend. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Jorge Ornelas. All right, Jorge, my first sort of question for you is talk about yourself. What do you do? Where are you from? Oh, all right. Talk about myself. That's that's a heavy question because, like, I I mean, I don't know what to say. But I, okay, look, I'm going to be real with you. All right, go for it. I, I hate talking about myself. That's, that's yeah. a big thing. I don't know if you've noticed, but, like, even for Instagram, for example, if you look through my Instagram, yeah, it's a lot of pictures of me, but the reason why I post them is not because they're me, they're because it's work that my homies doing. For the most part, showing my homies work, like all my friends doing their stuff and doing their thing, whether it be photography, clothing, or something like that. Like, yeah. I'm just like a mannequin for that. Mannequin. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but I'm basically fucking mannequin for this shit. Um, sorry, is cussing allowed? I'm sorry. Um, I was told in high school that we're all adults, so yeah, cussing is fine. Oh, okay. Who am I? Twenty-four year old from Inland Empire. If you guys know where that's at, IE? Ontario. Yeah, IE nine oh nine boys. Bless a bottle. Bless the bottle, yes, sir. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what everybody knows this for. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, trying to make it into what I'd say is like not really fashion, but like creative fields. So trying to tap into creative fields because all throughout high school, like I mean, or schooling, or just my upbringing in general, uh, I don't think creativity was pushed upon me as much as i'd like which and it's i found out that it's what i like to do yeah so like you know growing up in a hispanic household you are always pushed to be like you know be either be a doctor or like you know just the the classic go to college get a career exactly yeah and that's just never really satisfied me and i'm still struggling with that to this day it's like doing freelance creative work pays but it it's it's tough it's really tough but it doesn't pay as much as you'd like it to right exactly like for example like i got homies that i went to school college with i went to uci and graduated from there but even and i have a business degree but even within that like i have homies that also did the same thing and they have accounting jobs and stuff like that and they're making good money but it's like i i don't like that and they talk to me and it's like they don't like that either like they're not fully satisfied with it they 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 do it because it's paying yeah but it's not what they like to do so so when you decided to go to college and you earned your business degree was that because you wanted to or is that a safer route for you no honestly it was more because my parents pushed me to do it, it i honestly didn't have the balls to just not go to college I found college to be like, one, it was away from home, so I could try and be myself and or try and explore whatever I could do. 
Yeah. And I did find some things like that. You know, I found friends that were, had similar interests, friends that are doing things that are within my scope of, you know, creative. Yeah, no, I, I, I went because mostly because of my parents and I finished because of my parents. If I'm being real, like after my second year, college was just back burner. It never really was a priority for me. I was getting, I got through getting D's and C's. C's get degrees. Yeah, C's C's get degrees was literally my motto finishing college. (laughs) And I, and I graduated and they told me, they hit me with an email like three weeks after I graduated saying, you're missing two units. You need to come back. Bro, <laughs> it seems that you were forced to go to college but was there anything positive you took out of it would you go back i've thought about this and i'd say yeah i did get a lot of good things one i met a lot of people that i still work with to this day i met a lot of good homies for example jordan bentley kenny i don't know if you know kenny doing kenny doing things oh yeah the photographer homie so I met them through that. I've met a whole bunch of other creatives that are still trying to push. And my, my, the person that honestly like made it the catalyst for me to try and push be doing something within creative slash fashion was Matt Pham. He was a UCI graduate from years before me. And then he came to our, our one of, was it, um, it was this, club called i think fashion interest group that i was in part of and he came to do a talk and that's how i met him and he works for john elliott uh, an la brand and that's how i met that's how like I, that's when i realized you know i can push like we could come from irvine which is if you go to irvine you know irvine isn't anything yeah crazy, like fashion wise like or creative wise it's like irvine is suburban people living just accounting jobs. That's literally what I think of when I think of Irvine. Yeah. So when I, when Matt came through and talked and um, basically he, he was the inspiration behind me trying to push for something. And after that, I pushed to get a internship in LA for uh, doing sales for a clothing brand. Did that for a while. And off of that, you know, you just keep meeting people bouncing around and yeah, after, yeah bro. Like I, after the sales job, I bounced around to another internship that I found doing clothing production. And that's where I started. That's where the majority, that's where I found like, whole. I actually like doing this, like creating clothes, creating things, making stuff. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the stuff you've created. I know you did the hats. Would you consider that a brand or is that more of a project for you? I'd just say it was more of a project a side project under my name. That's how I would put it. Okay. So for the guests that don't know and myself, what does LACMA mean for you? Yeah. So initially it started off as like most people have seen the Yankees MoMA cap. Yeah. So it has MoMA on the side and it was a Yankee cap. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Initially I wanted to do the West coast version of it because I was like, West coast is better. We can do better. So that's initially what what started it. And um, yeah, when I was doing production in LA, I, got, I managed to get a few hats and then uh, through an embroidery person that I knew, managed to do the first few run of hats. And the idea kind of transformed from doing, from, you know, West Coast is Best Coast to more of a, it's it's kind of like a juxtaposition of bringing the snobby, 
you know, art critics, yeah. you know, museum stuff and baseball, a sport that's like, you know, you slide to get into bases, kind of grimy. It's, it's like a juxtaposition. Worlds. Yeah, two different worlds. So I was like, like you know, it's bringing communities together. And it, that I don't know. Yeah, yours should have the tag on the inside that has bringing communities together, right? I don't know. I if, it does. If it's not a knockoff, then. <laughs> oh, yeah, I see it. Yes. And if you flip that tag that says LACMA by my name, it'll say bringing communities together. There you go. Yo, that's kind and of tight. I actually never, when I bought this, I never looked into it. Wow. Because I was never. stoked. I was stoked on like this, you know, that's what sold me. Yeah. Yeah. No. But and like, a lot of people have hit me up because of like thinking that it's a LACMA hat that I'm working for LACMA or something like that. Yeah. And I've actually tried pitching it to LACMA and they sent me a letter, a cease and desist letter saying, stop selling the products. We don't Sweet. want you associated with it. So wow. I was like, well, all right then. Being that you got the cease and desist from uh, LACMA, are you going to keep doing these hats or it's a done thing? Uh, I, I don't think I can, I don't, I don't want to say what I want to do. Yeah. Well, I don't want to say whether or not I'm going to keep selling, but I will pivot the idea. So know that. Okay. Like for example, there's a shirt coming. I'm just waiting on my homie to get his printer set up and everything, but I want to make a shirt with the letter that they sent me just, you know, redacted. The, my name and stuff like that so it looks like yeah. an official government document or something like that and um yeah print it print a shirt saying that and then on the back it's gonna have a, a certain message that uh you might like okay <laughs> i can already imagine <laughs> yeah so after lacma you went and did something very different in joan la for the people that are listening that's jewelry Correct. Um, that's that's my silver line. Me and my friend Nevin uh, started it up. So it's comprised. The name is comprised. The name Joan is comprised of our names. The first two letter of our names: J O for me and N E for him. Nevin, Jorge, Nevin, J O N E, Joan. Um, so yeah, we do silver, sourced from Mexico. Is that one of them? Yeah, this is one of them. And then we're doing rings and chains. That project was actually on pause because coronavirus COVID-19 affected everything and everyone so Ms. Mexico Rona. had to shut down for a minute yeah Miss Rona came through and said mm -mm. pause yeah can you talk a little bit about your thought process because you did hats and then what made you say like I'm jumping into jewelry um why not that's literally what I thought why not and um luckily you know when opportunities are presented to you you just need to take them and in this case, I have family in Mexico and they, Mexico city, and they, they contacted me asking like, first of all, they saw that I was wearing some jewelry yeah. before I even started making jewelry. So they contacted me and I was like, can we make stuff? And I had, I took a trip out there early, early this year in like January. Yeah, it was January. Took a trip out there and then literally went to a town that's specifically focuses on creating silver jewelry and customizing silver jewelry and all that's all that goes to manufacturing so yeah i got in touch with some people some manufacturing houses out there and got their contacts and we're working with them on producing stuff so given that you outsource some of your product in another country 
what is that like is that a struggle or how does that work it's tough uh just in, in terms of like you got to keep up with the time difference you know you don't really think about it but there's a time difference yeah it's like i think it's like two three hours which isn't crazy because i know people that are working with people in uh thailand i think and that's like a whole different ball game like you got to be day, thinking right? a day ahead or something like yeah. that yeah so i'm like only working two hours ahead and then it, it's it's not horrible it's not bad honestly do they have a website or how are you guys communicating what was the form of communication not at all bro whatsapp whatsapp <laughs> whatsapp literally put it face put it face <laughs> <laughs> basically no yeah but whatsapp is like the go-to for everything i mean that's literally how i communicate with them send them a message send them pictures um they get back to me with quantities images send designs over they yeah. work with whatever they can and uh, i'm working over here on so on my end i try to one send designs they try to create something from sketches and stuff like that that i yeah. might send and then another thing I try and do is get three printed models of jewelry. So I've met somebody out here in LA that can 3D print yeah. jewelry or uh, yeah, 3D print mock-ups of jewelry. And then I'll send those waxes over to Mexico and then they can melt them and create a s actual silver piece. So I think it's cool when people buy products made in America. But me being Mexican, I also think it's dope that you can buy products that are in Mexico here. I know that people in America need the jobs, but people in Mexico need the jobs just as much, if not more, than people here in America. So kudos to you for exactly. that, Exactly. And somebody actually, one of my old mentors hit me up when I first started it and because I, I had posted about it and I said sourced from Mexico under like the caption or something like that. And he hit me up and he was like, don't say that. And I said, why not? And he said, it's like saying made made in China or something like that. People assume that it'll be cheaper. And the way yeah. I'm, the, what I'm trying to do is flip that and show that there's quality also coming from, from Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, like silver is quality from Mexico. Like, you, yeah. it's not bad. No, I feel like you're pushing a cool narrative. It's small scale, but eventually I want to make it, you know, show yeah. that it is possible and hopefully more people jump on it as well. So you doing two projects, the hats and the jewelry. There's obviously a difference. Can you talk a little bit more about that and the creative process and what projects you enjoyed working on the most? Um, so the hats originally came from competitiveness, I'd say. Uh, that one was fairly easy and straightforward. This jewelry, though, is kind of different and more... Uh, more challenging i'd say because like it's i don't really know jewelry so as much. i'm learning as i'm going that's the thing yeah so it's like it's a, it's a struggle trying to design and see push the limitations of like the manufacturer see what see what they can and can't do yeah um so which one was more fun i'd say the jewelry right now is more fun because the problem with production of like clothing and stuff like that it's it's people. And I think with jewelry, I still don't know. I still don't know the people super well. Yeah. It's like, I'm still learning. And so it's, you <laughs> like it cause you're learning in a way. Exactly. 
Um, One good thing that um, my old mentor, mentor Kobe told me, learn something new every day, or at least push yourself to learn something new. Because if you're not, then like, you're just living by literally what I'm doing, whether it's picking up, I'm self-taught in in design or Illustrator and Photoshop and Adobe Premiere and Final Cut Pro. So like, just literally, and those were when I had shout out Pirate Bay. I got cracked versions of all those things. All right, yeah. so like illegal scamming out here, but like still, I learned those things and slowly but surely, you you just gotta keep pushing yourself, learning new things. Okay, so my next question is when you're working on a project, do you solely work on that project? No, I wouldn't say that. I'd say you could start many multiple projects. You just got to focus on that one project when it's closing time on it. Like when you're about to finish it, that's when you need to focus on it and put your full to it. Like uh, along the process of it being developed, Yeah. I don't think you need to be like fully focused on just that one. You could be bouncing around between different projects. That's the way I do it. Um, just on the closing end of projects, that's when I like focus in on that one project. Talked about a couple of your projects that you've done, but is there any other projects that you've helped out in that I don't know about or that I haven't mentioned? Um, right now, I mean, yeah. Uh, just this last month, I helped my friend Cece make some shirts with an angel on them, print screen printed angel. She she designed. She like um, drew the, drew up the angel and everything, and I helped her get them printed on shirts. Helped her order shirts, find a printer. The printer is actually my homie, so it's literally friends working with friends. And so yeah. like I've helped her make her shirts. I've helped my homie Nevin get his make a braces catch a fade again. I saw hats. That. Yeah, so he got those hats made. Um, I just don't see why not help other people out like if you if you have the means to it or like if it costs you nothing you know like yeah if, if you see the way i see it is like if i see potential in this person getting bigger why not help them out yeah um but like yeah you gotta you gotta put in some effort i'm not just gonna give the wig keys without you without me seeing some effort from you yeah so speaking about effort on social media there's a topic about pricing when trying to support a creative friend. I feel like sometimes the creative friends overcharge for things, but also sometimes the friends of the creative expect things for free. How do you feel about all this? Yeah. Okay, look, straight up, if if it, if you're my homie and your product is trash, I'm going to tell you, and your price okay. line is out of, uh, out of whack. It's I'm out of line? You. Yeah, it's out of line. Like you're out of pocket charging that for what for what this is. Okay. People pay for what's genuine and what's what has quality. That's where the dollars will go. If it does, if it's not quality, people aren't gonna buy it. And yeah, you can have a name to it, as we've seen with Kanye's Gildan merch. You have a name, <laughs> but like that's very rare that you have a name and you're gonna sell out like that. Yeah. You know, but like. If it's quality, it's going to speak of you and it's going to speak to what what else you can create. Like if, if people like it for the quality, people are going to buy it and they're going to support because they know that you can put out more quality, more, you know, level up. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if a homie has a product that's whack, 
yeah. quality, I'm going to tell you, bro, you're <laughs> out of pocket. Don't surround yourself with yes men. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. So how do you go about telling them, though? You can't honestly just say, yo, your stuff is whack. Try me, bro. Like, why beat around the bush? Why Why be nice about it? Like, exactly. It's better if I just tell you straight up and you, it might hurt you in the moment, but like, think about it. It's, yeah. you know, take a minute, think about it. It's trash. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're friends and they shouldn't get offended, right? Exactly. Like you're, you'll get heated in the moment, but you're not going to get heated for a long, you know, you're yeah. not going to hold it forever. So being on the topic about pricing, how do you price your product? Typically for my product, what you want to be doing is like whatever your costs are, you want to triple that. So you're making at least a profit. And if you decide to go wholesale, you'll charge wholesale double. Okay. So like, say for example, you, you, it costs you $10 to make something. Yeah. I'm going to charge $30. My profit's going to be 20. But if I'm wholesaling that I'm going to be charging $20 to the wholesaler. And then they're going to get like, you usually or usually order higher quantities. So like, I'm okay with, charging them 20 as long as they push a lot more product yeah but if i'm i'm selling it myself it's probably going to be 30 and then the wholesaler themselves they're probably going to mark it up to 30 and make their 10 dollars cut off of that as well that's shout out to uci business economics like if you're charging 160 you gotta your quality on every level has to be at 160 price point like yeah. product pictures have to be good quality has to be good i mean like you just got to think got to think about what you're putting out yeah that's fair so my next question is are you currently working yeah so that's interesting you asked that because i just i mean like <laughs> <laughs> damn near <laughs> nah um so what's what's going down is like my dad is starting his own company so i'm helping him set up his accounting books and all that for that company using my degree partly i guess for that but in the long in about honestly like six months i don't see myself doing that because you're gonna be like and I, set him up already is that why or? yeah like he's gonna be set up and um i just want to be pushing my own stuff like yeah. i want to be pushing my own products um pick up modeling some more and just i don't know just making more stuff so I know that we talked about living in a Hispanic household. So my question to you is, are your parents supportive with everything that you've been doing? I'd say yes, but to an extent. If they don't see any progress or anything coming from it, and it's fucking tough because they expect something to be popping off within a month. Yeah. And just not how stuff works. Um, then it's tough. Like literally... Cause I just did the runway show. That's the first time they've given me some acknowledgement for, which is not something I take. I like I'm pushing a hundred percent. Cause it's like, I do it when it's the opportunity is given to me. Yeah. Um, but somebody showed them that. And I think it was one of my brothers or sisters that showed him and they, they were like, Oh, that's really good. I'm proud of you. Or like, congrats, you know, yeah. but it's like, after so many times of you saying like, what are you doing? Or like, what? Like, yeah, it's like, it, I only take it half serious when they congratulate me for something like that. Cause it's like, 
right. No, I get you. It's like he wasn't with me shooting in the gym, right? Exactly. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's tough. Honestly, like what I do is just don't pay too much attention to it. And as long as you know that what you're going to be doing is going to be successful or you, you know, you know, just believe in yourself, yeah. then yeah, that's all you need. How do you manage stress with uh, work, life and projects? How much time do you have to put into everything and how do you find a balance? Um, so yeah, work for the most part, once work is over, it stays there. Then I move on to my projects after work. So I usually work from like 8 a.m. to about 3 p.m., 4 p.m. And then after that, it's whatever I can do, whatever my project is. Like whether it's designing something and then shooting it to my friend. It literally all happens within 4 p.m. to like midnight is when I'm pushing other stuff. And it's, you know, doesn't have to happen every day. But like for the most part, if I don't do something like that, I don't feel like I've done something productive in a day because work okay. is work, you know, okay. it'll pay my, it'll pay for the week, but like, it's not what I want to be doing for the rest of my weeks. So yeah. I need to be pushing this other stuff. Um, yeah. And for example, when LACMA went down, um, the, cause I did the Rose bowl event at LACMA yeah. or LACMA Rose bowl. Um, dude, I didn't sleep the night before Rose Bowl, I pulled an all-nighter that night. And because I was, I had the, um, the stands that the hats were placed on, mm-hmm. those were rush made. And the dude that made them didn't have them done until last second. And like, I had, I picked them up at, I think at like 3 a.m. from his house. And then I went to Rose Bowl at 5 a.m. to set up. So that night yeah like that's like when it gets stressful like last minute crunches yeah but you just gotta you learn how to juggle stuff you know you gotta also learn how to manage your money when it comes to and then when you're running projects you gotta be smart about it because like yeah yeah, you know you have your main job and you're making projects on the side you just can't spend crazy when you're doing your projects because like eventually you want your projects to be your main job. Yeah. So you got to learn how to manage that money and recycle that money, make it keep growing, keep growing, keep growing. Like one, you drop one project, double that shit. Now make another project. Yeah. Yeah. So I know there's always stories about people just dropping their immediate jobs and whatever they're doing in life to start their own business. Is that the path that you believe everyone should take or what's your opinion on that? Uh, that is a point I can answer that question for you in six months. I think I plan on doing, I plan on doing that honestly, and I'll let you know whether or not it works or not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause the point that I'm at is like, you just need to jump off that cliff and push yourself. You need that pressure of like, I need to take this to this stuff to the next level and in, i'm talking in regards to like the silver and stuff like that yeah. that's m- what i'm plan on pushing harder exactly so the silver one you know we're going to be making our own pieces but what we want to be doing back end is creating custom pieces not just like any custom pieces but like for a brand for example like if a brand comes we we will prototype for a brand 
if they like it, we will run major production for them, like a, a substantial amount of, pro, of production pieces. Yeah. That's what I want to be doing. So, so you would say at some point you're going to have to make that jump and just fully buy into yourself. Right. But the way I'm doing it right now, the way I'm plotting for it is like, I'm trying to do it smart. So like I'm stacking up with my main job and that's going to be my safe cushion of money that I'll have in case stuff doesn't go right. And I'm giving myself at least like six months cushion to be good. If I just drop everything, I'll, I'll be able to be good for six months. Doesn't pop off within six months. I'm out of this country, bro. I don't know. I'm going to disappear <laughs> somewhere. Mexico-ish. Don't look for me. <laughs> Honestly. Were there any fears when you were starting off any of these projects? Fear of failure or just fear of not making any money? And what advice would you give anyone that has any doubts or fears themselves? As cliche as it sounds, you'll never know until you try. Yeah. Like, the way I look, when, when I, the way I spearhead projects is like, I like this. There's 7 billion other people in this world. You're going to tell me somebody else isn't going to like this. At least one person is not going to like this. Yeah. So like, if you, if you, I, it's like a little confidence boosting mindset where it's like, if you, if you like this, somebody else is going to like this. That's, that's as plain and simple as it gets. Like, yeah. There's no reason why you shouldn't at least try to do it because there's most likely a chance that somebody will like it as well. That's that's an interesting way of seeing it. Like, there's yeah. a billion people. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Think about it. We had orders from Arizona. I don't know anybody in Arizona uh-huh. just for the jewelry. Them. Some dude in Arizona be ordering stuff, and I'm like, sick. For the hats, some dude in Miami is ordering hats. They're awesome. LA hats, but he's in Miami. And I'm like, well, how does that make sense? Some dude in uh, Ohio also hit me up for hats. And I was like, what? LeBron. How did you hear about me? Yeah, LeBron hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's tight. Uh, what do you think helped you get noticed in other in other parts of the country? Um, I Instagram. Like, being friends with people. Um, and that comes just like for me it's come pretty freaking naturally like i haven't i haven't reached out to somebody to try and be your friend like no it's been like yo we have crossed paths because we're doing something within the same creative fields so it's like you can do you can bring your skill set and i can bring my skill set and together we just become friends and then this friend supports me yeah so they'll post they post my stuff that's it you know how you know how it is like for friends, like the f- best ways to be supportive is like sharing their work, buying, paying full price. Yeah. And I forgot what the other thing is. Like, there's a, there's like three of them, I think. There's three. But like, yeah, sh- I think I, I don't know. <laughs> you just make yeah, one up. Sharing, sh- <laughs> sharing their work is like <laughs> the biggest thing, and buying full price. But like, that's how I think my hat got to Florida by my friend sharing my work. Cause I have a friend that's from, I met a guy that's from Florida. Oh, I see. Okay. That's good. Um, all right, everyone, we're interrupting today's podcast to announce the winner of the San Juan purple shorts. 
congratulations to at Cirillo. Cirillo, you have 24 hours to claim this prize or we will be picking another winner. And thank you for participating. I want to congratulate you for making it to Paris, Paris Fashion Week for Reese Cooper. That's dope, bro. Thank you, sir. Yeah, so that was for Paris Fashion Week. And the what happened was since coronavirus is everywhere, um, what happened is they gave the freedom to the designers to create their own fashion show however they can, wherever they can. So okay. Reese, a friend of mine, he managed to get on this fashion show schedule for Paris for summer. And he asked me to model or walk the runway show for him, which was super sick. A crazy ass experience, bro. Like, I don't know. That was dope as hell. At the beginning of the year, that was actually one of my goals. I was like, I'm going to walk a fashion. Like, I swear to God, that was one of my goals this year. So you said, I'm going to walk a fashion runway. Is this your first one? Yeah, first walking. uh, First official, like, legit fashion show. Because I had walked one before for another homie, Jordan Bentley, for his brand Highland, And that was at Anime Expo literally last year. Oh, see. And a year later... I walked. So, like, your first legit fashion show was the Paris fashion show. Yo, Inland Empire. Yeah, we legit, legit yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> Yo, yeah, well, that's like, another thing. Like, I'm trying to put on for people from around here. Like, yeah, show that. And I I know another dude. His name's Ernesto. He's also from around here. That dude's walks for, like, Raph Simmons, Calvin Klein. Like, big names. Awesome. So, it's like. Bro, it's possible. It's just like, you just got to put in your grind a little bit. Like, for me, getting to LA is like 45 minutes. Most people are not down to drive that. You just got to say, fuck it. Yeah. Put in the work and then the results will show. So, I think you've mentioned this throughout the whole time we've talked, but I'm going to ask anyways. How important are connections and all this that you're doing currently? super important super important and yeah that's like what i tapped into earlier about like people aren't willing to make the drive into la or like wherever there's these connections that you want or that you know that these opportunities are at if you don't go after them bro like i wouldn't be able to level up without these connections like i if i didn't if i didn't show up to the arts and crafts day that Reese Cooper was having. He was just putting together like these screen printing little workshops in front of his studio. But I didn't show up to that and like, you know, just put in the extra effort. I was helping people screen print. I was helping people dry their stuff off. And that was because I knew about this screen printing and everything because I was working in production in LA. So like I was, you know, I gave a little extra and I was like, yo, I'll help you guys out. And Reese saw that. And off of that, Reese has hit me up multiple times and we're friends now. So it's like, yeah, connections are freaking important. And it, it all starts, you just got to be genuine. Don't don't be fake. You know, like, if you really want to help, then actually help. But if you are if you don't really want to help and you're just doing it just because, I don't know, you're just trying to gain something out of it, people yeah. will see through that. But yeah, connections are super important in my opinion. So is that, like, that was my next question. Is that how you got into, like, the fashion show? Like, you worked for him before? Or... So... Um, yeah, that's essentially how it happened. Like I, I didn't work for him, but like I helped out at his little arts and crafts day that he put together. 
yeah. where it's literally just people came and brought their own shirts and he already had like the screens so you can screen print onto the shirt. So yeah. he had the screens with his logos on them. And I just helped out setting up the screens, drying off the screen or the printed shirts, drying, make sure the paint dries on them properly and just helping people out while they're, and that's, he, I helped him out. He's like, yo, thank you so much for the help guys. It was me and my friend. Cause that's who went with me. <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, I, he, he hosted a few more of those. I went to a few more of them and homie saw that I was wearing a hat at one of them once. And so he's like, yo, that's a dope hat. And I gave him one. And then since then he's been super supportive of anything I do. And like, if he needs my help, I've told him like, yo, if you need anything, let me know. Yeah. And he's hit me up a few times for either, either modeling for product photos sometimes or for the fitting before the fashion show and then actually at the fashion show. What uh, what advice would you give anyone that's like starting off or wants to be a model? Obviously you're like a handsome fellow. Modeling? Yeah, like you obviously need to be handsome, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, dude. Like honestly, people are going for more unique looks. You gotta have a unique look, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Not just being good looking, like you gotta have a unique look. For me, it's because I have long hair. I think it's why people yeah. hit me up. Because, like, if I didn't have long hair, I don't think I'd get these jobs, honestly. When I'm shooting, people are like, oh, look look down again. And it's like my hair falls down. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's one. That's a good look. <laughs> I'm like, I hate this little bit. <laughs> but um, what would I suggest to that? Um, the the way that it's happened for me is like brands have posted yo looking for a model and they posted this in their ig story mm -hmm. i hit hit them up if and if i don't hit the brand up directly and what you want to be doing is aligning aligning yourself with a brand that you see yourself with and a brand that like you know you just like so these brands post on their story like yo looking for a model blah 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 reach out to them and if you don't reach out to that, that brand directly. The way I've done it also is like, know who's associated with that brand. And I don't mean like who's friends with who, I mean like who works within that brand, whether it be like um, production assistant or designer for that brand, you know? Yeah. Reach out to them, ask them like, yo, are they still looking for a model by any chance? Yeah. Like that or something like that. You got to do your research yeah. on a brand. That's what it is. So would you say to hit up the smaller brands or the bigger brands? It doesn't matter. Cause I feel like if you hit up the bigger brands, they're not going to reply. But what do you think? What's your advice for this? You can start off with the smaller brands, try and build your own portfolio like that. Homies I wanted that do photography, hit them up as well. Like if they want to shoot, no, let them know that you're available. If they ever want to shoot something and just use you as a model or something. Yeah. Um, you, your first few shoot, shoots are, you know, you're probably not going to get any pay, but I'd say after, and then like after that, you know, go for smaller brands and they're good, probably going to pay you with just product because that's all they could really afford with their marketing budget to pay with. Yeah. And then after that, it's like, you got to go for more mid tier brands that are, that have a budget, but don't have a crazy budget. And then after that is like, crazy budget brands like my friend just shot for kenzo and 
at that rate, like Kenzo is a worldwide brand, like yeah. two, three million followers. And bro, the rates that they pay these people are so crazy. And if you want to do commercial stuff as well, like for Tilly's, Banana Republic, mall brands like that, bro. Pays. That pays. You might laugh at these people in, in when you're walking through the mall, like these models. Yeah. Bro, they're laughing back at you because they got that <laughs> bank. I'm not even playing, bro. Yeah. So what do you see yourself doing in the future? Uh, let's say five years from now. Five years, I'd like to have my own brand that I'm selling. What I want to be doing is building up a brand, selling it, and then helping other brands, doing creative direction like you. Yeah, just doing a whole bunch of different things, man. Like creatively, I don't see a limit to it. I want to be touching on anything and everything I can touch, yeah. whether it be music. I just do music next. I don't know. Like you rapping or like doing the videos or what? Bro, video production, that's sick too. Right. I'd love to, I'd love to do videos. So what do you yeah. see yourself doing like in the immediate future, I guess, one or two years, three? Um, building up Joan. Yeah. For jewelry production. Yeah. Like essentially what I just really want to be doing is starting up brands and probably selling them off. That's probably like that's I like doing that. I like building stuff up and then selling it off. And collaborating with people bringing in artists that i know of and i'm not talking like i like opening doors for people that's what i genuinely like doing so like if i'm able to create a platform and bring in people onto that platform and let them show and showcase their work with giving them credit and everything you know like making sure my team is paid their team is paid and everything yeah bro that, that'd be it for me like i just want to build up joan right now bring in photographers that are good at it bring in like, I mean, Kenny, you saw Kenny, I don't know if you saw, but like Kenny shot like, um, like the video that we put out as like teaser for like the jewelry that was coming out. No, I didn't see that. So like Kenny did, uh, the video mark, like he did our video marketing and a few shots. Like if you go to the Joan website, he did, he has the, he did the header shot that's, that's in on our website, but yeah, shout out to Kenny, man. Like bringing in creatives like that that aren't getting enough recognition, but they're putting in a shit ton of work. Yeah. Bro, these people need the spotlight and they can, honestly, these companies, these big brands, they're missing out on not, not cutting them a check. So do you want to drop uh, your Instagram or any of your social media handles? I just have, like Instagram is my biggest thing. So Jorge, J-O-R-G-E dot A-O. That's it. Well, all right. That wraps up the first ever episode of Open Gym. It won't be the first one aired. We already talked about this, but it is the first one recorded. So that's something in itself. I want to say thank you, Jorge, for coming out here and talking with me. I really do appreciate that. And I want to wish you nothing but success for whatever you do next. Thank you for having me, Omar, no and wishing you the best of success in this. And let's let's go far, man. Hello everyone, I am once again asking for your support. If you enjoyed this episode, please like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your podcast. Make sure you subscribe to Open Gym, and please follow Open Gym on Instagram, at OpenGymPC, and tag anyone that you think makes a good fit for this podcast. Thank you, and I'll see you next week.